Wow, that's so funny. Two broke gays? Two broke gays? Two broke gays? All right. Hey, listeners, you're back with Two Broke Gays. Uh, it's me, Jenna Cordes. And Kevin Sullivan. And we are here today with friend and stand-up comedian, Alex Powers. Yeah, make that three broke gays. Yeah. <laughs> All accounted for. That's <laughs> it. We're a trifecta here, for so sure. So we're excited <laughs> to get to talk with you today, catch up, talk about brokenness, gayness, stand-upness. The Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. We all are friends, the three of us. And we actually, I mean, Kevin, you know, you and I are close. Um, Jenna, we're not as close. But, like, I mean, it has been a minute since I've really mm-hmm. seen either of you. Yeah. So we really do have some catching up to do. Yes. We met almost a year ago. A little over a year ago. Yeah, just a month ago. Oh, yeah. October 13th. The, October. the show in yeah. at Ice House. Because I met you guys Les the same night. Yeah. Let's get, get freaky. freaky. Friday the 13th. Uh... And yeah, that thus began. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. Begain. Anyway, this is going to be a really interesting podcast, folks, uh, regardless of how it's gotten started. So stay tuned. <laughs> we'll be back after this break. Buckle up. Oh, yeah. This is where commercials would play had we. I keep getting lots of emails like, hey, Jenna, do you want to incentivize your podcast? And I'm like, then they want you to, you know, like put their business in it and they'll give you like a nickel or something i'm like well you know what let's wait till that gets to 10 cents <laughs> we didn't we didn't call this two broke gays podcast because we were good at you know financial and investment yeah, decisions we're not trying to make any money here. Right. <laughs> you know let's what? take it down yeah seriously i mean like actually it's a really because i kind of walked into this i was like well it's called two broke gays so i figured we'd all just talk about the fact that we're broke and we're gay and we're stand-ups and how uh convenient well at least the broken stand-up part how convenient those two you know play into each other and how interlaced they are but i mean it is it is like a pretty great topic of conversation mm-hmm. um and, and we laughed because we just talk about how much money we spend <laughs> yeah we're trying to get better and i no, we're not we're so not. here's the deal i am a gay i am a stand-up and have been for over a decade and uh i'm also what over four and a half years sober um drugs and alcohol and i say all that as a preface um i recently just got into a money program i recently just got into debtors slash under earners anonymous and got a sponsor in that program cool so this is i didn't even know that was a thing yeah it's it's another 12-step group and you know it's like aa but it's surrounding money mm-hmm. and finances so the focal point really is actually you know self-worth and should we know, cha- do we have to make you anonymous now no i just broke my anonymity <laughs> i don't think i was supposed to but um but yeah i mean so this actually is a very interesting like current topic for you for yeah. me and and kind of like understanding stand up as a career path and how you know just like the psyche of a comic and then how being gay, being, you know, a member of a demographic that, like, experiences degrees of, you know, mm-hmm. oppression, whatever. Um, and just, like, you know, all comics, I think, come from this place of, like, needing love, needing validation or wanting that. And how that, you know, how self-worth kind of coincides with that and how that, you know, reflects in a very real physical way into earning and earning potential mm-hmm. and lack thereof and struggles around money. I mean, this is not a lucrative career we've chosen. Yeah. No, it's not. Mm. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I'm working on an article right now because what you're saying, you know, about you do have. To, so I'm thinking of it through my most recent experience, which was through partnering, wherein my money inadequacies, if you want to call them that, depending on whose perspective you're looking from, were like pushed onto me as a measure of worth and like, oh, you're not. The f- hell is that noise is that tra- tra- is that the sound of my bank account collapsing <laughs> i honestly don't know is it that was the trash apocalypse? it was trash i should know yeah that was like a scout there was scouting was out, a three yarder down there no do you not recognize that sound you, you, i, I do i was playing coy <laughs> i'm totally. like what is that weird unfamiliar sound <laughs> i've never heard a trash bin before. oh no it's a scout putting out a three yarder from underneath the building <laughs> Where One Republic isn't just a band. <laughs> uh, we actually have Athens here. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's our. It was our competitor. Anyway. <laughs> when we're talking about trash. Yeah. I, um, but oh, yeah. Was... So I've been thinking about that a lot. Like how to detach my meanness from money. 
like I, you know, I asked my friend today, I said, let's say you had negative $10,000. What probiotics would you buy? <laughs> and she said, well, I would just get all of them. And I said, Brokeck. <laughs> Me too. I, at the show at Sycamore, someone was talking about like how he still has rich tendency or poor, poor ten- tendency. Poor tendencies. Yeah. I get so confused. And I looked at the comic like next a de- to me. It's like a deprivation mentality. And yeah. I said, I do. I was like, I still have like rich, like I have like, <laughs> you know, rich tendencies. Like I'm going to Europe and I don't have any money. And she goes, no, that's a poor tendency. Mm. And I was like, what? She's like, you're keeping yourself poor. Like yeah. rich people wouldn't do that. Like rich tendencies would be, they would have saved that money or invested. I was like, oh, also, also, like when you're no, like it's true when you're debting. Say you know you you kind of compulse it. Like you have a lot of debt. You make a certain amount of money. For me, my natural impulse is to alleviate some of my stress by paying off a bunch of debt, and right. I'll pay off too much debt at one time, not leaving enough money for myself to have your cost feel like an, an mm-hmm. adequate level of self care mm-hmm. or any kind of cushion or security like left after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you get into DA and not even just DA, but like you go to see a debt specialist and they'll tell you, they'll look at all your debts that you have and they don't tell you to pay them off based on chronology. It's actually based on amounts. You pay the smallest amounts off first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the debts that you have that are the largest are actually the bottom of your list, even though those are the ones that maybe create the greatest sense of urgency mm-hmm. and stress. Um, and you know, the big thing in, in a, in a recovery program like DA is like, if you can't take care of yourself and also self care, like say that there's like a, you know, I'm a woman of a certain age or I'm, you know, I'm a woman getting to a certain age. There's certain things I really shouldn't put on my skin. You know, like I can't just go pay $10 on a foundation at a drugstore, you know, I have to get good shit. I yeah. have to get like Chanel or Dior or whatever, like something that has a formula that's good for my skin. And I will talk myself, I'll deprive myself of getting a $45 foundation mm-hmm. because it's quote unquote too expensive. But someone in DA would be like, no, you have to go get that foundation because when you exercise, you know, a certain degree of self care that actually you benefit from it, it increases your earning potential. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel better and like look better and it actually helps you have a better interview mm-hmm. have a better chance of getting a job how to have a better you know chance of you know a better performance because you have like you've esteemed yourself mm-hmm. and you know reflected your self-worth it's weird stuff because comedy we like we value kind of this whole thing of like being in the trenches for a decade and not making getting paid five dollars and traveling hours mm-hmm. and wasting not wasting but you know tons of gas money to get to a place mm-hmm. to do five minutes on stage and we like we weirdly value that mm-hmm. kind of... We just call it paying your dues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's normalized, and it's got like a nickname like yeah. that, like bullying. It's, it's called bullying and mm-hmm. not abuse, even though that's exactly what it is. People think I get paid for all these shows. It's just, <laughs> I know. Like someone's like, oh, you should be... Like the la- like, last show, they're like, oh, did you, like at least you made some money, you know? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get a drink ticket. <laughs> like, no. I feel like... When I go home, people will be like, oh, well, are you making money doing it yet? Like, that's like, it's so hard to explain to people who don't want to do this why you want to do it. Yeah. And it's like, you can't even have a conversation, really, if the person doesn't have a base level of understanding that, like, that's not how it works. You know, like, I'm not going to just, you know, I'm not going to come back for Christmas and be like, yeah, (laughs) like, there's, I'm working on it, but... You don't just do a show and then someone sands you like $250 like day one. We're investing time and money in like the foundations and Mm -hmm. like the clothes, like everything. Well, you guys are with clothes. (laughs) I'm getting, I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, money is real. Today I had an interesting experience that I'm under NDA, but I almost accepted less money than was agreed upon. Because Mm -hmm. I was so afraid of missing out on the lower offer, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then I talked to, like, a couple people. Mm -hmm. I talked to a couple people, and they were like, no, that's actually really not fair. Like, that can't be changed on you last minute, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely not. And then I I called back and got what I wanted and negotiated, but it was, like, pretty uncomfortable, you know? Oh, yeah. It's really, it's really uncomfortable, uh, you know, coming from a place where, like, I know... 
you know, people, no one really gave me anything unless it was part of like a manipulation or like, you know, no one really ever just gave it, gave me anything. It was and like so strings attached. It's things. very hard for me to receive and it's very difficult for me to negotiate a compensation that accurately reflects my worth because my, my own view of my self-worth is so skewed. Mm-hmm. I went to a shaman. Uh, the day after Halloween this year. It was supposed to be on Halloween because the year before I saw this same shaman mm-hmm. on Halloween. Is it the same one from last year? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I love how, like, I do love that we just don't even skip a beat here. Though, like, a shaman, like, <laughs> listeners are going to be like, a what? Oh, yeah. A, sha- even... a shaman. Uh, Google, 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 Google. Yeah, it's the same one from last year. But... I told you all about mm-hmm. him. Yeah. So you know this story. So I went there. So, okay. In late August, I broke up with my ex. We were together for two years. We were living together. We were splitting everything 50-50. I break up with her. A month later, you know, I'm, I had a bunch of road gigs that month. Mm-hmm. I had a gig in Vegas for a week. The mm-hmm. shooting happened. You know, it was a traumatic event. Uh, and then I see this shaman, like, when I get back a month later on Halloween. And at that point, I've been couch crashing for two months. I haven't gotten my own place after moving out of the place I shared with my ex. Mm-hmm. And I'm also really trying to kick this smoking habit. But I'm couch crashing. And I'm, like, out wearing my welcome. And I'm like, I just made a fuck ton of money in Vegas and doing all these road gigs. Why can't I, like, why is this not enough for me to get my own place in L.A., right? And so the shaman is like, okay, so you're adopted your mother was homeless when she had you. She was literally like, you spent the first nine months of your life in the womb, but homeless. You know, mm-hmm. you were inundated with a ton of stress hormone production. Your mother already had a two-year-old. So, you know, you were born into this world where then you were taken by the state days later. Um, but those first nine months of your life, like, you were inundated with nicotine because she smoked a pack a day. Mm-hmm. And he was like, think about it. Like, you are rounding out your Saturn's return I think I was 30 at the time. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, your, your Saturn's return is ending. So Saturn is in the position approximately that it was when you were born. And so are you. You're on a couch without your own place to live and nicotine coursing through your veins. He was like, homelessness and nicotine are your only connection to your birth mother. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's nuts. Yeah. Just to have that realization. Did you even think about that beforehand? I had never. I had never thought about that and of course you know me like you're you know a dear friend of mine you know that that what followed the rest of that year was just an incredible amount of time of me being displaced Mm -hmm. going from sublet to sublet I couch crashed here for a few nights at a time here and there like I was you know between subletting and couch surfing for almost an entire year until I finally got keyed into my new place Mm -hmm. um only very recently um but when I went to go see him for my like yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Same I did that you. too, but I wasn't born into homelessness. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I he, he elaborated on it a little bit more when I saw him this past Halloween or mm-hmm. the day after. And we did kind of have a follow-up discussion about the revelation of last year of all that. And he was just like, you know, you it's like, it's like a computer program. It's like that goes into default. And it's like... You know, there is, it's something, there's a a large degree to which a lot of this stuff is internal. And it's like when you're prospering, you have prosperity in your life, you have a healthy relationship, you have a job, you have a steady income, your body's not able to be in survival mode. And there is. Yeah, boring. Yeah, boring. I mean, yeah. I do, it's so, I mean, I was comforted when I was like couch surfing and stuff. I had nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll do a free show. Shit, I ain't got rent. Like, mm-hmm. it was so. I don't know. Dude, it was I almost very... went to Portugal last summer on a whim. I was like, I'm fucking flying into Barcelona, going to my friend's wedding <laughs> in Portugal, and I don't, I'm gonna wing it. I don't know what's gonna happen if I'm gonna. I come remember back that. Yeah. yeah, like that's where I was. I was in this like risk taking, high adrenaline survival mode, mm-hmm. and then the second thing started to like, you know get a little steady under my feet and I start to experience some stability, inevitably something, whether it's some, you know, a combination of some subconscious mechanism or whatever it is, comes that comes in and just slips the, the carpet out from under me. Mm-hmm. Um, because my body is why like my body needs to be in survival mode. My first sponsor, when I first got sober, 
and stop drinking and whatever. It was like, you have a mind that is fit for a war zone. And unless there is chaos, like, you do great with chaos. It's the little shit that you can't fucking navigate. Mm-hmm. Someone leaves a dish in the sink or <laughs> bang your elbow on a door frame and you lose your shit. But when there's an emergency going around, like a shooting in Vegas. And you're, you're just, barric- like, sipping tea. Yeah, and you're barricaded in, you know, a comedy club in the Tropicana for three and a half hours. And then, you know, after which you walk out, the, the ATF and the FBI have cleared the casino and you're seeing people with flesh wounds and people that were at the event watching people, you know, get their heads blown off and running past dead bodies. You're the one keeping everything together mm-hmm. and helping people out and telling people how to strategize and what to do in this moment. Because like that, in some way, that adrenaline, that cortisone production is like normal to you. That's your normal. So it's been a very big learning curve for me learning how to take care of myself and like offer myself stability in a way that I won't inadvertently sabotage. Mm-hmm. Do you think stand up will always give you that level of instability that you require? No. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. But there's there's never a shortage of areas in my life that are susceptible to chaos. It's like a whack-a-mole. It's like maybe one one or two areas are really good, and then like another area just goes haywire. Whack-a-mole. I like that. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Reminds me of this Cameron Esposito joke where she says we should get a whack-a-mole for a party. She says we should get a whack-a-mole for a party, and the woman on the party planning committee says, it's pronounced guacamole. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that joke. It's a good one. I've never heard that joke. That's a (laughs) whack-a-mole. I would like some more whack-a-mole and chips. But yeah, I think that when I always say, like, I fear, like, risk-taking is not that hard for any one of the three of us. You know what I mean? It's much harder for me to say maybe don't do this, you know? Like, that's harder for me. Or, like, when I think about stability, like, my worst nightmare is, like, mediocrity and comfort, but that's some people's dream, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like... Last night I had a friend staying here because she was evacuated for the fires. Mm -hmm. And we had another friend in town. Like, she's like, I'm never in West Hollywood. You guys have to come out. I was like, okay, well, like, what time? She's like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm just going on this date first. I'll hit you up after. I was like, oh, what am I going to sit, wait for your day to be over and then we'll go out. And then I ran some math and realized, <laughs> I was like, I have $16 in my account at this moment in time. So could I make it happen? <laughs> <laughs> and then I texted, I was like, yeah, I don't, I was like, I can't even afford it. If Uber surges, I'm going to have to walk home. <laughs> and she goes, I can pick you up. And then I was like, and I'm back. And he's back <laughs> in. Like, back at the game. Right? And my friend's like, I have to work tomorrow. And she was also teetering on, like, possibly mm-hmm. going. I was like, no, you have to work. You should definitely knock out. Like, I don't have to work. But also, I should be working. You know, I just yeah. made these so many compromises in my head. And luckily, the friend that was trying to drag me out, which, not that hard, let's be real. Um... <laughs> I let my phone go to silent for a while and they started racking a little bit and then by that time I was in bed watching Interview with a Vampire. And okay. Oh, good good move. Game over. Yeah. But I did have a beer with coffee in it so that's why I was like, oh no. <laughs> Maybe I will make it up. <laughs> Wait a second. There's beer with coffee? What have, what have I been missing for the last almost five years? Oh, a lot. It was really good. It was You're a like a lot. I'm like nothing. <laughs> it has coffee and coconut milk. It's like, it was a really tasty, like, treat. And we only bought it because the branding was very cool. The cans are amazing. Do you want to see the can? Sure. Why, why the fuck not? Stay here God, me. you know, trash was really an industry you should have stayed in since it... <laughs> And you're like, you're like, check out this piece of recycling. Stop saying, I never left. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is pretty cool. Oh my cool. gosh, that it's is very um, retro. Okay, so right now, folks, we are uh, taking a peek at this can. I know, I always do visuals. We're, we're looking and admiring a can. I mean, actually, you know, it is the kind of thing you could cut the top off of, and you could, like, put dirt in there with, like, a plant growing out. Or make a candle. So that's a broke hack. That is a broke hack. Oh, shit. Yeah, broke hack. This is a really cute But really, you have to get a special kind of, like, saw to do that, so it actually costs you money. Some would say I needed a lesbian help me. (laughs) I, you know, I actually Alex does make furniture. Yeah, they do. I build custom furniture. 
Um, haven't had the money to actually afford the materials to build anything recently, but yeah. But hey, if we keep buying cans. <laughs> I'm going to have a chair pretty soon. <laughs> What's up with you guys? What's new? Oh, I don't even know. Crazy. Have I seen you since I worked at a carnival in Martha's Vineyard? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so then a lot. Frankie, come here. Sorry, this is my dog walking around. She's um, very uh, mobile today. She's very active today. Hi, baby. Um, yeah, so I was in New York, Boston for a while, like a month, came back, I'm working for the LA Kings. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I mean, let's see, what's going on oh, with me? in oh. my tennis league. In tennis. Oh, yeah, tennis. We made it to semifinals. Cool. Who would have thought? Amazing. My team, like, my partner and I came back from, we're down 7-2, it's first one at 8 Seven two, and we came back, tied them eight eight, and had to go to tiebreaker, and then we beat them seven four. Oh, that's four amazing! In that's awesome. That's um, amazing. Usually, I crumble under that kind of pressure, but we have semifinals tomorrow night. Oh, cool! That's great. Yeah, it's it's fun being around the people that want to be active and productive, and I mean, also it's like tennis, so it's mm-hmm. I don't know, it's fun. Yeah, no, it's one of my favorite sports. I mean, obviously, I was a collegiate athlete. You know, I had a scholarship and stuff. Tennis, obviously. Tennis is the only, like, sport I will and have partaken in since I left school. It's, like, really the only form of, like, uh, whatever yeah, we're sports play. competition I can. Yeah, we're supposed to play soon. What was your scholarship for? What sport? Lacrosse. Oh, Lacrosse. Wow. I yeah. didn't know that. I did not. Yeah. Ritzy sport. I went to school with a bunch of rich people. I yeah. was always the poorest one. Yeah, I gave yep. my brother a complex, not me though. <laughs> my brother wound up going to school, has a white picket fence, family works in finance, and I was like, you know, I was like, this whole suburbia thing is too comfortable to me and it feels weird. I'm going to move to LA with $250 in my pocket and no place to live and my dog and I'm going to wing it and uh, be a comedian. Yeah, a bit of a different reaction to the same sort of situation. <laughs> well, again, you know, he was my parents' biological yeah. son. Yeah. I was the adoptive That's one. That's going to get so many people anxiety that hear that, and I'm just, like, laughing. I'm like, duh. <laughs> no, I literally, like, I had 250 between 200 and $250 in my pocket and my dog, and I knew I was just going to, like, basically couch crash with a friend of a friend. I had nothing else lined up. Wow. No job, no nothing. Where did you come from? Um, I, from Baltimore originally, Baltimore. For, but first what I did was I got a buddy pass, like for Southwest Airlines, that's how I was able to get, I flew mm-hmm. out to Prescott, I flew out to Phoenix, and mm-hmm. then oh, drove Prescott. up to Prescott, Arizona, and I was living in Prescott, Arizona for a summer with a friend. Did you love it there? No. Oh. I fucking, but I worked on a horse and cattle ranch. See, I, that's why I feel like you would love it there. Yeah. I worked on a horse and cattle ranch. Nothing they, to do with the flannel she's wearing. They basically paid me in beer. Um, they would pay me a little bit extra, uh, for bringing the dog, my dog to work. She is a herding dog. Right. Has the instinct intact. Yeah. Um, so she was actually really great at herding goats. Yeah. I've seen some of those videos of Parker herding. Yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty good. She's fucking amazing. Yeah. But I did not pay the dog in beer. (laughs) They did not pay the dog, but she had a great time. She used to, when it got too hot, I swear, I used to see that dog just walk up to a puddle, massive puddle of horse pee and just sit (laughs) to cool off. Um, but you know, we did that, but I wasn't making any money, but that was like my job when I was there for the summer. Mm-hmm. Were you but, doing stand up yet? Yeah. I had already started. I'd been stand- doing stand up for like four, almost five years back East. I started, in Baltimore. Yeah. I started That's where you started. Yeah. I started in DC and Baltimore and worked a lot in New York. So then I kind of like took that summer hiatus in Prescott but then I was like starting to get stuck and I was like the whole point I came out here was that so I'd be like a hop skip and a jump from LA and also to like decompress take a summer to decompress from the east coast because I didn't want to show up to LA and be like a fucking cunt and hurt everyone be like what is this girl's problem be like I'm from Baltimore everyone's negative (laughs) and uh (laughs) I just I needed to get away from those racists you know like um and so I I was like, fuck, I got to make some money to actually get out to L.A. Yeah. So I did two things. I started playing underground poker, and I started doing a webcam. Mm-hmm. I was a cam girl. So I Whoa, was like, I was shit. a virtual sex worker. 
So that that and poker, I've never finished less than like third place in a tournament I've bought into playing poker. That's good. So through underground like illicit poker money mm-hmm. and webcam money, I was able to like I I saved up a couple hundred a few hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and I came out here to LA. I got like another buddy pass ticket. I had a connection at Southwest, which I got. Through sleeping with someone, <laughs> because you know those okay. connects, those connects. Dude, no, I mean like I. I I'm I, not gonna lie. If your Bumble profile does say flight attendant or pilot, I'm more likely to swipe right because I know those benefits are clutch. They're pretty good, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like you know, like I'm, I was, I was a, I'm a former drug addict, alcoholic. Like I totally used to prostitute because you know, bitch needs to turn her power back on. <laughs> Um, and so those are, you know, it's like I was adopted by a middle class family and sent to private schools and whatever. And, uh, those kind of like white trash, like from the street roots though, that I was initially born into and that I, you know, was in the womb for like very, it's very hardwired programming. It's very nature versus nurture. Um, Situation. Very much so. Like, in a way, like, I, you know, I had an opposite upbringing of my biological mother, but I'm sure I followed in her footsteps in many, many ways, uh, with the exception being I didn't get pregnant at 20 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure in many ways you did not follow in her footsteps. Well, I did have a miscarriage when I was 19, so that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't follow in her Did I just say that on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, do we, we must have cut that out. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll leave it. <laughs> I mean, after all, I think that's the conversation she had with herself. Hmm, am I going to cut this out or am I going to leave it? Oh, my God. I'll leave it. (laughs) You know what? That joke was worth it. We'll keep keep the whole part in that segment. That was. That was a great, like, dark comedy moment. Should I cut it out or leave it? Yeah, I think uh, it'll make people laugh. I don't think I'm like a like I like you've talked about like oh I would move to New York if I had like eight hundred dollars on a win. Seven fifty, I think. Sorry, seven fifty. And like I I moved here with ten thousand dollars and I must have accidentally become a magician because it was gone immediately. So I moved here with ten thousand dollars. It was gone within I'd say three months, maybe. What? Yeah, because I had a place. I had no job. I was a celebrity driver for a little bit for no money. Just that's and you were, bullshit. And you were living in Sherman no Oaks. Yeah, I lived in Sherman Oaks. I had I didn't It's like you weren't even in West Hollywood when you were rich. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ten G's is rich. And like I was I didn't know like you could go to like the big clubs and say you were a comic and they let you stand for free, so I was paying for all the tickets and sometimes drink. they don't. Drink and like I'm a comic, and, they're like, Yeah, get in line. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but there was like Someone was like, oh, no, no, you don't have to do that for this room. You just tell them, and you can stand over there. And then I looked and saw the kind of tired people standing. And I was tired. Like, ah, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I guess I, um, it was much more I – I was going to hang out in Vegas for a while longer because I was there for four years. And I was like, I like the scene there. It's really comfortable, but it's not as um, – like here, it's like three minutes, and they'll light you at two. And like in Vegas, it's like you could be at an open mic till 4 a.m. Because people are just like shooting the shit, take as much time as you want. Oh, like, I can't do that. Though. Yeah, I couldn't either. And I think it's like really a supportive small community, but it's like Vegas has a great comedy. Yeah, comedy. I mean, yeah. like a very supportive. Comedy yeah, scene. very supportive yeah. comedians and like really cool people too. But it's just like the um, yeah, I was looking for a bit more of like a type A organization. Of like, and you find that here, uh, yeah, like, more so than Vegas. Yeah, this ends at this time. This is the time you get here. Put your name on this list. Like, no one cares about you per se, but it's at least <laughs> no <laughs> one actually cares <laughs> it about organized. you. Organized, but yeah, my move was pretty. Uh, my friend was like, I really don't think you should hang out here for. For what? Like, just go now. And so I did. I went a bit earlier You're than like, I was fine. Planning. I guess I'll collect my. $10,000 worth of pennies and moves. Such yeah. a fat amount. You can move anywhere for $10,000. And I chose Sherman Oaks. <laughs> I wish I would have known you before you moved. I didn't know anything, so I had to learn, and there was a there was a, a, a learning curve tax. What are you up to now? We didn't get to that. No, I told you negative $10,000. No, what are we... No, uh, when I asked, oh. like, so what are you guys... <laughs> 
<laughs> when I asked, like, so what are you guys up to? I kind of started talking about. And then notice in the middle know, of the podcast, we check our bank accounts. It's this fun thing we do. I'm like, 16, negative 10,000. <laughs> Where are you at now? Oh, I forgot about the Netflix thing. Actually, you know, we should do that. What is this? I can't. Tell you what, while you're, while you're debriefing Because I think I spent $5 in my sleep, so I'm not doing that. Jenna, tell us what you're up to. I'm going to check my bank account. Okay, what am I up to? Um, you know, things have been going pretty good. I had a bit of a dip a couple episodes ago where I was like, oh, I'm worthless, the money thing. Mm. No one loves me. I'm going to be 30 and I live in a living room. And I've had a real resurgence lately where I'm like, when you say it, it doesn't sound so bad. I don't know. It's like, what's... (laughs) I'm like, "Eh." No, I just feel like, what else would I want to be doing? I don't know. My baby brother bought, like, a a really nice house, too. So I think I'm always happy for people. Like, I really genuinely am. Mm -hmm. But I was also like... Like, that was the same day that he bought his house. I called my parents to be like, I rode a bird scooter the first time. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, like, that's great. Those are two great experiences. But I think I was doing too much comparing. And now I'm kind of back to my own thing. So I'm feeling really good. I've kind of hiatus on dating, which is good because I can get a little girl crazy. A little. Shut up. <laughs> um, so I'm going, I'm taking uh, I don't, well, none of my siblings own a house, so like nine <laughs> kids, not one is good at money. Dude, my brother owns two houses. Yeah. I mean. Shit, why doesn't he just give you one? Uh, well, <laughs> isn't that how that works? In, both are in Baltimore. Oh, never mind. But see, here's the thing. Okay, so when I was like five years old, for something like that. So not only was it like a little, I think it was like around the same time my parents told me I was adopted. But there was a point in time where I was actually very proud of the money I made and how I how I acquired it and how I didn't yeah. spend it. I had I had saved up. You know, through allowances and, you know, holiday money and birthdays and whatever, I had accumulated $100 in bills. And I remember when I hit that $100 mark and I sat up at night night in my bed with my parents and we counted all $100 and then I tucked it away in my little piggy bank on my desk. It was nice and safe and I went to bed and I woke up and I got up to count that $100 all over again. That money was gone. And my parents had taken it in the middle of the sleep and done God knows what. They probably put it in a bank account, whatever. But, like, I was not involved in the decision. I wasn't involved in the discussion. It wasn't explained to me why that would happen. Like, I was instilled at a very young age. I was not mature or responsible enough to handle my own money. Fast forward to me being in, you know, my 20s. Um... So I told you I'd already moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my dog and just, you know, about $250 uh, in my pocket. No plan. I'd been just here about... Just double what four-year-old Alex had acquired. <laughs> double? <laughs> yeah. I, let me tell you something, guys. I had doubled that. In a quarter of a century, I had doubled that money. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and you can, too, if you follow the Alex Powers plan, Guide to Earning Money. Um, so... I'm, I'm like, what, 26 at this point. I've been living here for a year and a half. My drug addiction is in full swing. I have started doing meth. Uh, and I woke, and I've, you know, I started to fall behind in a place I had been renting at, uh, renting for a little bit. And my parents text me one morning. I wake up and they're like, check your bank account. They had my routing number and account number. I think maybe you know for sending me money and shit would like to bail me out when I needed it because obviously that's the uh, relationship dynamic they uh, they um, that was their part in that mm-hmm. making sure that I needed to rely on other people for money um, which I am now taking responsibility for and correcting on my own it's part of my own reparenting anyway I wake up and there's like thousands of dollars in my account I can't remember if it was like three or four thousand I can't remember if it was like six or seven it was something Oh, gosh, yeah, my friend just texted me, Stan Lee died today. Yeah, I know, dude. It's like 3 o'clock, and you're just finding this out. Anyway, uh, there's thousands of dollars in this account. And they're like, this is just a little something from when grandma died. My grandmother died when I was like 16, okay? So I basically use that money to catch up on rent mm-hmm. and buy some drugs and party and take a bunch of my friends out and party for like mm-hmm. a month or so and then that shit dries up. 
A few months later, I do eventually get sober sober. Uh, but right immediately before that time, this psychic girl comes into my life and I'm telling her about this random sum of money that came into my life that my parents, you know, had saved for me and whatever, gave to me at kind of an inopportune time. Like, it's like, okay, so you didn't give this to me a year and a half ago when I was moving out to L.A. with my right. dog having no plan. But you gave it to me when I was partying that, on drugs. Yeah, like, that, that would have been helpful to have that money maybe when I was telling you, hey, mom and dad, I'm moving yeah. across the country with no funds. <laughs> Um, and I'm talking to the psychic about it and she was just like, man, and she like started throwing out this figure. She was like, I just feel like there's more where that came from. She kept throwing out this number. This is like 15 grand. Right. So then a couple months later, I get sober. I'm falling behind in rent in my new place. But I talk to my landlord and I'm like, look, I'm newly sober. I'm going to figure this out. I just need to focus on not drinking. That's all I can do right now. And he was totally cool and supportive. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. Yeah, a few months go by. And I remember, like, I had started asking my mom about that mystery money. Like, so where exactly did that come from? Like, you said grandma left it. How long was it in existence since I had become a legal adult that I didn't know about this? Well, I started just asking her all these questions, and I had, like, clarity of mind. I was paying attention, and I was, like, not on drugs. The fog was lifted. Right. And I started, she was like, oh, well, you know, you should. Your grandma left some. We split it 50-50 between you and Nick. That's my older brother. He obviously got his first because I was still a minor when right. when I got mine. So they put it in a they put mine in a mutual fund. Uh-huh. They gave my brother's half to him. That's how he was able to get that house in Hamden. My brother was able to take that money and put it as a down payment for a house, which now he owns as an asset and rents it out to right. you know whatever. Um, it's so it's 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 something he makes money off mm-hmm. of now. And I'm like, so mom, dad, like, why did you choose to give this to me when I was 26? Why didn't I know about this since the time I was 18? And now I'm 27. I'm sober, blah, blah, Um, like a few months sober. And I started, like, I started to catch her in lies. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned something about fidelity mutual. Sorry, this is like a long-winded story. You can edit it. (laughs) (laughs) She mentioned something about fidelity mutual. And I was like, okay. So one day I call fidelity mutual. And I give them my social security number, and I just act as if. And I'm like, yeah, I just need to check the balance of my account. I can't seem to remember the password and get mm-hmm. in. Here's my social security number, my name, address, all the personal information. And I'm like, I just want to check the balance. And they told me the balance. And the amount that was in there added up with the amount they had previously given me was the exact figure that that psychic had said was originally in there. There was like 15 Gs principal amount in there mm-hmm. that they had never told me about for like almost 10 years and I called my mom up and I was really calm and I was like yeah I know you lied to me it's okay I know why you would have done it but I need all that money now yeah because I'm nearly sober and I'm unemployable and I'm behind like I, I need to live right yeah. now so you know whereas I wish I had had that money and been able to do make different decisions with it with like that lump sum and I would have been able to maneuver a lot more like that just wasn't that's not what happened. But, you know, I can say, just in keeping with, like, kind of the topic at hand, like, my relationship with money is very dysfunctional. And there's very practical reasons as to why that is, as you can see. Mm-hmm. That really kind of was just me just bitching for five <laughs> minutes. Ten minutes. That was actually, I mean, it's in, it's just interesting. It makes me think that I need to go back into my past and see why. Like, all my siblings were all the same with money. When I was little, I had a whiteboard under my bed with a dry erase board, and it had everyone's name and how much money they owed me when I was in, like, fourth grade. Because I was so good with keeping my wow, money. Wow, keep receipts much? Wow. I was really good at, like, saving, keeping my... I used to... They called me a miser. <laughs> Kevin the miser. Like, my... Great aunt said, if a so fly... Anti, so anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic. <laughs> oh. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that yeah. Irish Catholics didn't teach you the roots. <laughs> no, they didn't. They're just the miser. They're like, <laughs> cool! <laughs> they said, if, I, if the fly landed on me, I would charge it rent. Like, I was so just... Anyway. Um, I would wash my money. Like, wash it, dry it out. Oh, my God, me too. Did you know you can iron bills? 
I did. I, I did oh my that. god, me too. I used to wet the bills and then iron them and it yeah. made that amazing sound and it would flat they'd be all crisp and flat. No, no. Yeah. I never well, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of back to our fashion conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very into keeping my bills crisp so that I could lend them out. Like Mine I ran a bank and I was in fourth grade. <laughs> wow. And then people started falling behind me and I was like, oh no, you can just make excuses. Like, you know, like mm. money just didn't. And then I learned how to spend and then I learned how to live um, on credit, but I don't even have a credit card. I just have credits. I'm the only one. My, well, I guess my dad's a little bit like it, but everyone else seems to be just fine, save for me. And I'm not sure. I think it's because I don't want to do it the way I know how to do it, like the Michigan way, where you like stay in one place, you uh. get a job, and you save. And you know what I'm saying? Like I know how to do that way only, but I'm just convinced that there's like another way that's a better fit. I was raised on the principle, um, you can't take it with you. So just spend uh, yes. and spend and like, why save it? You might not even be here to see that's, that savings. That's that part where, you know, religion and traditional religions, Judeo-Christian religions, or well, particularly Christian religions, you know, play into this idea of like, you know, to be poor is to be pious. You know, there's mm-hmm. some synonym there with, you know, poverty and um, being a good person. Good person-ness. Yeah. So I'm a really good person. <laughs> I'm like, there's no one better. We, we do. We, 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 we do. do. We, we think of money as being low vibrational because mm-hmm. of the kind of people that have a lot of it. Yeah. You know, like you're Donald who we Trump think or they whatever. Are. Yeah. Right, or who we think they are. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, there's tons of people that are really good people that acquire their wealth as a reflection of being a like good person mm-hmm. of sound mind and body and spirit. So we don't think of, but we don't think of money as being high vibration, but like, like, like if you do, I know we're all broke here, we're, we're all three broke gays, but does anyone have a bill on them right now? A physical bill? Okay, this is the richest sentence I've ever said. I only have euros. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm right back to that Silver Lake mom at the oh lemonade stand. Oh my God, you are. Do you guys take euros? <laughs> Juniper! <laughs> Juniper, come over here for lemonade. Oh no! That's amazing. I don't have any bills. Uh, I got a quarter or two. Maybe. I might have she's, something. She's grabbing her purse. Which, by the way, while you're looking in your purse for a bill, I will have you all know that I have two hundred and two dollars and fifty six cents in one of my bank accounts, and I'm expecting, I think, a twelve dollar payout from Postmates today. Nice. Hey. However, my other bank account is with. Overdrawn by two hundred and seventy-two dollars. What? <laughs> so sorry. It's, math. it's actually pounds. <laughs> oh, you. Be- oh, good. Can I buy that oh. off of you? Oh well, that it doesn't. It, it doesn't have American the same money. Yeah, sorry, I don't have no. that right now. Oh, geez, that's well, the douchiest thing that I have you. ever done. Why do you still have you, this? Because I just haven't. I didn't spend it when I was there. Well. Let's say. Let's just pretend this is an American bill. Anyone? I'll just too. spend my you for it. Because I'm going to Linda. You're not getting those pounds. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to Israel uh, at the end of December, but it's birthright, so it's free. Oh, cool. Anyway. I thought you had to go on birthright by a certain age. 32. So I can still go? You're... <laughs> I want to go. Uh... Oh my gosh. <laughs> and convert. I so, don't think that's how it works. I don't yeah, think you, no. You can't convert and go. It, yes, it's birth. you can. No, because... How no. long does a conversion in the, take? In the, in the Torah, to become a Jew... All you have to do, like, this is, these are the two requirements for being Jewish. Well, I got that brisk part down, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my gosh. Either you're... you're yeah, what adults bri- Did you just call it a brisk? The adults are, yeah. <laughs> I wish a brisk was brisk. I mean, I'm assuming it is. I honestly don't know what you guys are saying. Uh, Circumcision. Yeah. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Ew, imagine having to get an adult circumcision. Actually, some, some male converts do. Anyway. I thought it would be required. All you have to do to there is a blood sacrifice involved it's like a prick it's like the equivalent to down okay anyway all you gotta do is you gotta mikvah you gotta immerse in the mikvah and that's how that that means you've converted and that's all you need to do to go on birthright because that's all you need to be to to do to be jewish i can do that by the time you leave and we can get on the same flight 
Probably not by the time. I think it's going to take a little I longer leave. than that. Okay. Yeah. All right. She's um, not on board. <laughs> anyway, let's pretend. Like, haven't they been through enough? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That was harsh. <laughs> just really. You know, I mean, but that's where anti-Semitism comes from. I'm like, we lo- we're like the same. Yeah, I, I didn't even... I mean, everyone thinks we're brother and sister. I know. I know, yeah. But that's where it me, comes from. Me too. What? No. Yeah, we're back to miser. I didn't even know the like origin. The I never of thought of it. The or- I just thought it was the, someone who yeah. likes money. The origin of anti-Semitism, or like the area of anti-Semitism, where like Jews don't trust Jews, like they're all about money, blah blah, is because the diaspora when the Jews like you know in masses went to Europe. It was the feudal system. It was not kosher for them to work on the fields. Um, and the aristocracy, the nobility, didn't want them to work with everyone else, mm-hmm. so they were forced into taking jobs as tax collectors. Mm-hmm. So they were put in this position to be the middleman. So people, the idea of the Jew coming, taking your money, became synonymous with mm-hmm. Jewish people, and that's where you know a lot of you know European anti-Semitism comes from. Is be and that's why people, a lot of Ashkenazi Jews, have names like Silverman, Goldstein, Goldman, like. Because you, jewelry, you were named. <laughs> you were named what you did. But and like jewelry, Jews did money. I never even realized Jew was in jewelry until I was downtown LA, just looking at all the jewelry shops, and I was like, and everyone was Jewish, and I was like, I just seeing Jewish people in the word Jew, and I was like, oh, Jewish people do own jewelry. I get it. Yeah, lots of it too. Yeah, a really, lot of, of pre like you know Weimar Republic pre Third Reich jewelry too, which is. Some some of it's very highly sought after. Yeah, it was all it was all taken by the Nazis, right? But Goldstein, Silverstein, that's right. Um, let's suppose this was in not a ten pounds. Uh, hello, Queen Elizabeth. Let's <laughs> suppose it was a ten dollar bill or any bill, whatever. What does it say on American money? You turn it over on the back. What does it say? In God we trust. In God we trust. So a lot of people are like, well, God is love. If God is love, what is money? Because money is just a physical manifestation of love people love you they give you money Mm -hmm. you're good at what you do they love what you do they give you money we have this thinking especially like i think people of certain religious backgrounds or you know people from certain socioeconomic backgrounds that money is evil and it's Mm -hmm. bad and it is low vibrating but that is just really i love money it's not it's not the case we need to change that thinking I mean, the truth is, if you're a person who's you're, you're a person who's worthy of love, and you're lovable, that is the first step. Like that thinking and that way of seeing yourself is the first mm-hmm. step towards earning more money. I, asking for what you also think you're worth too is very difficult. Like we we're talking earlier. <clears throat> My mentor told me never talk yourself out of money. Like if someone asks you to name your rate, you only get one chance to name your rate. Don't say you're negotiable. Just start off with like what I your rate is. I did a negotiating thing recently, and I didn't. I don't regret it because they came in at the like the very middle, which mm-hmm. is what I wanted. Right. So like I got what I wa- wanted. Also, it's like definitely more than I had earned with this company before, and I thought they're just gonna like lowball me back to that number. But I knew the whole time I was working for them three months, and I'm just like the whole time like this is not worth it. Mm-hmm. And now when I do the job, I'm like, oh, this is definitely going to be worth it. Yeah. But I had to ask for it. Yeah. And it's scary because you don't want to lose the job. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you leave it as a negotiation because you're like, then it will give them a chance to counter. Right. It's like, why can't we just be comfortable with being like, this is how much it is. And then being okay to move on to something else. I think something that's really interesting about being a nanny is I have had the opportunity to see people who are not pure evil that have lots Mm -hmm. of money. Mm -hmm. Um, Some, pure evil. But some, super normal, act exactly the way I would if I suddenly, you know, made it or had, like, a showrunner's salary or, you know what I mean? Like, nice. Kind. The Gen- same. Generous. The same Giving. as us, regardless of naming the kid Juniper. Like, <laughs> but, like, very, um, you know, I think that's something to unlearn. Because you're right. We get that, like, kind of ground into our heads. People with... A lot of money are bad mm-hmm. because how did they I know get? a lot of poor people that are bad? So right, so yeah. it must oh, exactly. by deductive reasoning, it must but, be the same for all parts of the spectrum. But it's so funny that we do that, like mentally, 
like when there's a poor person that's like snobby or like rude, you're like, yeah, like you have no right. <laughs> but when they're rich, you're like, oh, they're loaded. So like you <laughs> justify just, it. By it's also like an, an unknown thing. Like, well, that must just be how people like that act, which I know nothing about. Right. Hmm. Whereas the other one, you're like, there's a base level of knowledge assumed because it's like, huh. I've not had money before, but yeah, I I don't know though. Mine is. I always I, act like I have money, even when it's. I really can't figure mine out. I've, every opportunity handed to me, every, you know, I feel like most things, I I'm really prideful, so I don't want to ask. But like, I could ask. I have a built-in safety net that I only don't utilize because of pride, hmm. and they've given me so much that I'm just kind of like I don't want to ask for more, you know. Oh, safety net. Wow. It is. It's like if shit really went down, like I was super sick and my, you know what I'm saying? Like I do have somewhere to go. For me, it's my dog. It's always like when Parker yeah. has an emergency, then my parents kind of like, that's yeah. really the only thing that but I will turn to them. Minus my car. I'm like I got to take her to the ER, you know? Like, yeah. I would have to ask my ex if um, my dog were to get like soup. So, so I think about it sometimes. I'm like, oh, if she had... I know friends that have had like to spend seven grand on like back surgeries and like yeah. random things. Like, I would have to like tuck my tail and, and like ask. Her, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, sorry, Frank. <laughs> this is the end of the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, I would do anything for, uh, and including ask my ex. But mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. It. Would do anything. That's why. My I'm car. Doing. I don't know. I don't have a. I don't really have a safety net at all, and no credit cards. So. Right. You have I to cannot live. get sick, so I'm, that's also why I'm very like. You don't have health drinking. insurance. No. Okay. No health insurance. Wow, I, you don't have Medi-Cal or something. Mm-mm. Oh shit! I never. I just always assumed that you were doing better than me, even just by a little <laughs> bit in every like sense of the word. But it's not true. No, not even close. Holy shit! Follow me around for a day. <laughs> Dude, even I have health insurance. Get it together, man. No, I um when I last applied, I had the job, so the they trash were like, job. "No, dog." And when I so I did the cover California, and I was like, "I cannot pay that a month." Yeah, mine's five hundred dollars a month. See, I was basically like, I was practically homeless. That's and two had cars. No job when I applied, so I have. Free yeah, if you apply insurance. with nothing, you are in good shape. Like yeah. well, that's I, why I want them to take this fucking rent out of my account. Still haven't. That drives me crazy. So I'm like oh, teetering like on that, that like yeah. ten. I have like ten more dollars in my rent in my account right now. So I'm like, take it. Yeah, take, take the it. rent out. Like before one more automated fucking up like payment comes out and I'm screwed. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, like my Disney passport that came out the other day, huh. forty five dollars. I was like, what am I doing anyway? Um, but then once that comes out, I'm gonna apply for Medi-Cal. Yeah, you I can get a much you can get a much better deal than the one I have. It's just because I have like well, specialized medication. I'll be free. Stuff. I don't have a job right now. Dude, I get free prescriptions. Uh, I had to go to the emergency room one year, like two days after Yom Kippur, because I was so dehydrated from fasting, mm. and I literally thought I had appendicitis. I thought my appendix was about oh, to burst. And they were just like, "No, you're just severely fucking constipated." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and they pumped me for the flu. You're gonna poop fluid. dust, bitch! Like, <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you guys ever found out that a male comic has paid has been paid more for the same gig than you have, even though they have less experience and like no credits, whereas you have at least a couple, you know? No, no. never got close to that, but that's that's a thing. That's totally a thing in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just last year, last summer, I uh, I got offered a gig, a headlining gig, offered a certain amount of money, and then uh, had a conflict. I had you know. Gave them pretty decent notice. Yeah. I think it was like three weeks notice. I was like, I'm happy to replace myself. I'll, I never would back out of a gig unless I absolutely could make sure that you didn't have to do any other work to replace someone. I gave them a recommendation. It was another male comic, a gay comic, and I found out that they paid him 50% more than what they were offering me, even though he had less experience time-wise doing stand-up and uh, no TV credits, whereas I had... Did you talk to the bookers and ask Mm, your why? No. It was a very strategic move on my part, but when that booker had a show with me later, actually recently, this past year, like in the last few months, 
um, he reinvited me to come do the show. And I was like, yeah, I can do it for like, a, you know, and I, I said twice as much as what he originally offered. I was like, yeah, I can do it for that much. He was like, great, I'll come back to you at the day. So it's just, it's weird. It's, uh, it's also one of those things where it's like sometimes retaliating is just not the way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes being patient and then like if given the opportunity because you've been patient, you haven't retaliated mm-hmm. and you've maintained, like you've kept your side of the street clean. I hate that term, but be, like because you've acted appropriately, then you're in this position energetically too to negotiate the price you want, not the one you've been offered previously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the work speaks for itself, like, people will agree to yeah. that to that rate. Can't wait till I get to give somebody my stand-up rate. I was going to say, me too. You know what my stand-up rate is? And it should be probably double this at this point. For like, You don't have to say it if you don't want to. Oh, yeah, I probably... I'll tell you guys. It's privately. For headlining? Just 20 minutes, 20, 25 20, minutes. Okay. I like um, the La Factories because they just pay everyone the same. But, like, that's L.A. comedy. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't translate to the rest of the country where you're doing, like, road gigs and whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I like that it's just, like, an automated... So like, oh, you did stand up, but here's a check. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, for L.A., that works. Mm-hmm. Because LA, everyone's just best. doing 15 minutes. Everyone's just popping in, popping out, popping in, popping out. It's the best rate in um, L.A. I also like just getting to a nice house and getting a drink ticket. Mm-hmm. Just being like, thank you for appreciating yeah. Like something, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you have any shows coming up that we can plug it up? Yeah. Speaking of constipation. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can plug it up. You had mentioned uh, Sycamore earlier in our chat. Um, that is a great new room, the dojo in the attic at Sycamore Tavern. Um, we had I'm, fun. We I'll had a be lot there of fun on... There. I'm doing the 24th. Are you on the 24th? No, I am doing the 28th. I've done another show there before, so I've already had, you know, I'm doing the Saturday. What, what is Saturday? I've done... This will be, like, my fifth time there in two months. They keep asking for me back. Cool. Dude, yeah. it's such a great space. I will like there. It's great. Uh, November 28th. The time is 10 p.m. But here's the thing about the show. It is an underwear show. Oh, yeah, I saw that. The comedians are performing in their underwear. And anyone that knows me knows that while I do not have a credit card, because I'm not allowed to have a credit card, I do have a... Victoria's Secret card. I have a Victoria's Secret credit card, which is currently maxed out. But it has helped my credit score, because I actually do pay Victoria's Secret. Keep everyone in debt to your store. (laughs) So, anyone that knows me knows I have a little bit of a lingerie problem. So, I will be... Uh, not only performing at the show and being very funny, but I'm going to look like a fucking model when I show up. Oh, I'm excited that I. What's that day? Sorry, November 28th. November 28th. I won't the be dojo, here. 10 p.m. And uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, I want to give a warm thank you to all the Instagram models that quote unquote do stand up comedy <laughs> and all the comedy bookers that book them. Because without you, uh, without putting me in competition with, you know, Instagram models, I have no comedy experience, I would probably not choose to do comedy in my underwear. <laughs> so big thanks to them. Yeah, big, big thanks to shout them. Shout out, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, cool. Well. You can see Kevin this Saturday at Sycamore Tavern. You can see me there. 21st. The 24th. 24th. After Thanksgiving. Sorry. Um, and... Uh, and Alex on the 28th in her in her skivvies yeah <laughs> and then I'll be at Hotel Cafe December 12th and Hotel Cafe 7 December 12th what part of town is that in? Uh, it's in Hollywood okay. I'll be in San Diego oh, yeah. it's right 20th. on Vine cool or yeah. Cuenca it's right there I don't have a lot of shows near Beauty and Wonders I'm going through a lull right now to be honest have you ever done Rebels? Rebels? Rep comedy with TK? yes mm-hmm. and he was one of those people that like sought me out and was like do the show and I did it and I you know you know he was very pleased with how I did and I did great and I uh, just never got asked back that was a th- that's a thing I've experienced as a oh, female I, comic I, 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 I 
book shit easily. I show up. I'll be super, super funny. And then sometimes the bookers just go through shit. He, that's so consistent there. I feel like maybe just reach out or I'll reach out. Anyway, um, don't want to get into those you, we can edit housekeeping. That. We, we can totally edit that out. Nah, we'll yeah, keep no, it. We're just, we're, just, we're just keeping it all. I no, it's, it's yeah. bullshit. Like I, it's been a thing my entire career. Like as a female comic, that's sexually unavailable because I'm a lesbian and I'm like, you know, kind of cute. It's like, I show up, I'll be one of the funniest people there. They're like, I'm dying to have you come back and headline, or I'm dying to have you come back and feature, and they never do. It's mm-hmm. because they really, honestly, no one wants a cute chick that no one can fuck on the lineup that's funnier than all the dudes. They just don't. Mm. And that's not my words. That has been expressed to me by other male comics that are far more successful than I am in trying to offer me logical explanations as to why I'm not X, Y, and Z where I should be. Comedy. But I don't get booked on shit. Like I gotta really work for the bookers, but uh, yeah, it sucks. I I find that too. <laughs> I find like a like a lack of listening among men. Just as soon as you say it, as soon as you say it, it's like they go dead in their ears. You know, like, who cares what you have to say? I can't fuck you. It's like well. Oh, as soon as a girl says I'm a lesbian, I'm like, and what? Hi, I'm here. I'm here for this. I'm here for this conversation now because I can talk about whatever I want to, and it's like awesome. Yeah. As soon as I find them, guys, like, I'm straight. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Check, please. Are you? (laughs) Are you? Can't wait to see your set. What kind of gay punchline do you have in your arsenal? (laughs) It's so fun to be a punchline, though, right? I know. (laughs) Am I right, woman? Yeah. Um, Okay, so, well, uh, I just dropped an old Band-Aid in between my toes. So so. if you're a show booker, book some lesbians. Book some gay dudes. We will be there. women. Oh, yeah, women for sure. Yeah. All my lineups used to be so woman-heavy, and everyone's yeah. like, I can't believe, I, like, you have so many women. I'm glad I know. it's not called a woman show. I was like, wait, what? I know. I didn't even realize that there were more females. I just enjoy a lot of female comics. Like, yeah. Better point of view. Just, just saying. Just, yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right, well, you have the show dates. Um, check out Alex Powers on Instagram at Alex Powers Live. Yeah. Um, Twitter, same. Same. At same Alex Powers Live. And she My posts website shows is www.alexpowerslive.com. Mm-hmm. Go check I got out. a Google overview, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so go check her out. Um, and you've been listening to Two, Two Broke, Broke Gays. Gays. Three. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three Broke Gays.